0: Hi guys, I'm Chris. And I'm uh, Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits A Mitch Rapp live podcast. How you doing yes, this week, Mike?
1: Indeed. Hey, I'm good. I um shot a ninety three today. You know, hitting the sticks. Played eighteen holes. So uh for me, I'm feeling good about that. It's a good Very place. Good place. You are getting
0: you're getting way more golfing than than me this year, so that's good. I, I hit way too much golf last year. So
1: maybe the roles have reversed yeah probably
0: i have a real job now so i can't just slack off you know (laughs) i'm not like a teacher working from home you know so
1: hey all right take it easy i'm going back uh next week so or two weeks so schools are opening i'll i'll have a real job again very good i'll be earning my paycheck this time around (laughs) that's funny (laughs) Well, guys, we we are live. So anybody listening in, what you're listening to is a live stream recording with our patrons. So welcome to all of our patrons who are joining in and family members. Uh, We've been wanting for a while to do a live stream. And so we thought let's test it out with our patrons. Um, It's going to be fun. We got a comment section going. So anybody here live with us, we'll do our best to try to keep up. If you have any questions or comments, uh, we know a few of you uh, really like Extreme Measures. Shout out to Mark. He's been uh, tweeting some of his favorite scenes from this book that we're covering today. So welcome to you guys uh, who are here with us live, and especially Daniel and Mark, our two newest patrons. So thank you guys for joining us. Yes, yes. Yeah. Your autographed copies of Extreme Measures are already in the mail, so look out for that. Coming soon.
0: Very good. Yeah, we have uh just we have the little little feed over here. We can say hi to who's on. We got Mark Harris, uh, simply book dreams, who hashtag Scott's biggest fan. Ah, there I we like go. I like that. Big fan of Scott. Yes. We got uh we got we got your brother in law Dennis. We got your mom and your dad watching, uh, and we got Miami fourteen twenty two M. Happy to be part All of right. the party. Well, we are happy you are part of this party. Yes. So. Yeah, so we're just recording our podcast, but it's live for you and to anyone who's not a patron. Um, if you want access to an event like this in the future, please subscribe to our Patreon, midtrappod.com. Hit that little orange support button. And, you know, we have to say thank you the guys watching. Thank you very much for all your support. And if you sign up, you'll be part of our monthly giveaways. Um, Mike actually messed up, or not messed up, but... Um, so instead of this April book giveaway, will be, instead of a signed copy of Extreme Measures, it'll be a signed copy of Pursuit of Honor, which yes. is next month's book. And yeah, also, when you sign up to be a patron, like you guys have, uh, you are helping us support Operation Paperback this year. And so far, we've been able to send out
1: uh, 90 Over, books, we, Mike. We cracked 150. I put 30 in the mail yesterday. So they're going to a couple of veterans this time around. Not active duty troops, but thanks to your support, 30 extra books in the mail right now on their way to veterans. And uh, more than half of them were Vince Flynn books. So yes. That's we awesome. love doing that. Yeah. All right. So what are we covering today, Mike? All right. We are getting into extreme measures, A really fantastic book. We covered part one last week. So we're going to be covering the second half of the book. Roughly chapter 30 to the end. And um, not to start us off on a Debbie Downer note, but I've got some bad news for you, man. I opened up my audiobook and it expired because I used the library and the Libby app. Oh, okay, okay. I went in to check it out again and it was a different audiobook copy. It was not George Goodell. No, you and must have I, got
0: the bridge version.
1: I, I don't know what it was, but I, I couldn't take it. I, I did the first half of the book, and you heard me last week. I said, I think it's George Goodell's best rap audiobook, and I was so pumped to see the ending, which is one of my favorite scenes in all of, you know, rap. And it wasn't George Goodell. It was Armand Schultz. I don't know if you you've heard anything by him, but He does a lot
0: of the Brad Thor books.
1: Oh, does I he? I think. Yeah. It was kind of cookie cutter. I actually cut it off and switched to the Kindle version because didn't have oh, my man. boy George. I know. Yeah. George
0: George is so, you know, velvety smooth. I, I love when he does <sighs> yeah. the, does the audiobooks.
1: This other guy, it was almost like a dry nonfiction. I just, he was just talking. There was no like, there was no verve in his voice and like the different characters, one bled into the other. And so I gave up and switched to the Kindle version, but I finished it, got to the end. Well, I'm glad you finished
0: it because we're covering Cause the end of today. About so, it. we're talking about <laughs> it so but yeah, just to hit on something we forgot to mention in the last pod, um our friend, uh Stephen Hendricks, he's he's doing pace keeping uh, the book reviews right up with us. Uh so this month he he did a book review on uh, Extreme Measures and he, as he always does, he does a drink pairing. And this this month, uh, he paired it with a uh, Jack Daniel's Tennessee Honey. Um you know he obviously tries to match those covers. Had that explosion. Uh, I think cover A, the, the with yep. the big explosion. We'll get into that a little later. Um, but yeah, I like that. Uh, I like a good Tennessee honey. So you know, it's it's pretty good.
1: Smooth, just like Mike Nash, the family just man. Like Mike Nash. He's always smoothing out wraps edges. You know. Yes. <laughs> well, we're getting into extreme measures. So let's do you it, know, Chris. Any time we finish up a book, I guess you could say. My thoughts on that book are best summed up in the form of a limerick. So, I've got one for you. You ready?
0: I'm I'm ready. Give it to me.
1: There once was a man named Mike Nash. Together with rap, so brazen and so brash. They get the job done, sacrificing a ton, on the hill, willing to face the backlash. A true masterpiece Vince has created. For characters like Nash and Hurley, oh, we have waited, trying something new. Kareem trains his crew, but Rap, not to be underestimated. That's a pretty good one, Mike. See, it's Mike, right. you need to start right. posting these
0: onto the Goodreads site.
1: Oh, I have. Yeah, oh, every okay. time we got right, a good, limerick, good, good, it's good, in good, my good. review on Goodreads. So good. you can find them. Good. There's good. a library of limericks. See the alliteration there? Yes, I like that. <laughs>
0: So if we want to just dive right in to the themes of the second half, what I thought really stood out was sort of three things. The first thing I found it interesting, these chapters we get with Mike Nash and his family. And I think that Vince was trying to highlight, you know, these unforeseen or overlooked sacrifices of, you know, people in the clandestine service, people in the CIA, people in the NSA, you know, anyone who, you know, you know, is, can't have their name shown or, you know, doesn't get the glory. Even in the military, Who you know, we don't know their names, like the Tomb of the Unknown Shoulder type thing. And mm-hmm. I appreciated getting that perspective. And I think it also, it sets us up. It's foreshadowing for what we get in the next book where Rap decides he wants to protect Mike Nash. He wants to protect his family. Like this is a family that he sees Nash has something that he can never have. And therefore, he can't let Nash go down the path of him you know, and lose yeah. it like he lost Anna. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what we see in pursuit of honor. Yeah. And one other, he's a really minor character, but he sticks with you because so many people are making sacrifices, but Chris Johnson makes the ultimate sacrifice going undercover. Um, his cover is blown, uh, not through any fault of his own, but the terrorists catch wind of, you know, he's going to weird places at weird times in the mosque. They catch him on camera. And um, the ultimate identifier is he has a tattoo identifying him as, uh, I think, Army, right? His infantry tattoo. Screen and, legal, uh, so. Yeah, and they got him. And so they know he's CIA. They torture him. Um, they kill him, you know, and that ultimately pushes the terrorists to move their plan up. But if it wasn't for what Chris Johnson did and the information he passed on that there were strange boxes and weird, you know, rumblings at the mosque, Nash and Rap wouldn't have known about the attack. And so – you know, definitely I see that sacrifice as a theme. Yes. You know, we missed another thing in part one. The audiobook for me didn't have the opening quote before the dedication. So when I opened the Kindle book, uh, there was a Winston Churchill quote. And we like to cover everything Vince did with the books, not just the story, but his dedications are always spot on and his forewords and, and preludes. And this quote, I thought, is perfect for that sacrifice uh, as a theme. Uh, the The quote was by Winston Churchill. Here we go. We sleep soundly in our beds because rough men stand ready in the night to visit violence on those who would do us harm. That's rap. That's rap and Nash.
0: It is. It, it,
1: it, the tip t- of the spear.
0: Exactly. To a T. And his dedication is to... Rob Ricker and the men and women of the national Clans service. So I've, and the na- national counterterrorism center. So obviously the NTC, NCTC plays a big role. It almost goes down in flames at the end of this yeah. book, which Mark Harris is very excited about uh, talking about. Uh, uh, we are too, especially that end scene. We believe me, we're going to get to that, but you know, you could tell that this was on his mind. He wanted to highlight this, the un, um, unseen overlooked you know never
1: never recognized with a metal sacrifice of these people and i like that And, and i looked up rob ricker who was mentioned by name by vince in the dedication and he was associate deputy director of operations which i was looking at the org chart is number two in the entire clandestine service and he had some debacle where he got on the wrong side of some politicians I wouldn't say he was disgraced and had to leave the CIA, uh, forced retirement, but he had some sort of conflict, and he was in the right, and most people knew that, but just like in this book, when the senators on the committees want to haul you in front and and make an example of you, they're going to pick out the men and women who who are behind the scenes really protecting this country. And so I think Vince, on purpose, did that looking at the second half of this book. They really are the heroes behind the scenes, making those sacrifices – And even if history won't remember them or be, you know, remember them well, they play an important role in why we're safe and where our country is today.
0: Yep. And the, so the second thing that I wanted to bring up to you is this idea of rap not succeeding. Like, yeah, I guess we've, we've sort of seen attacks happen before in terms of, uh, the explosion in transfer of power on the white house. Um, obviously the explosion at his house where his wife dies uh, the attack on Irene. But in in the individual books, we've sort of gotten closure on each of these things. Um, right. And I thought this was a big cliffhanger book. I mean, yeah. all Rap has is, is the name that he was able to get out, you know, of, of the terrorist who did it. Kareem. And Rap takes a big L. I mean, yes, he has a win, if you want to call it a win, in terms of stopping even more deaths. But the the three explosions happen... You know, many people died at the NCTC, including, you know, their secretary. Uh, it wasn't a good day for the clandestine service. And I think Nash even says that in, like, his wrap-up chapter, right? You know, it wasn't it wasn't a good day for them. And I, I thought that was an interesting approach. And in how, you know, this is very similar to how Kyle approached Total Power, right? Yeah. He, he had mentioned to us that he wanted to put rap out of his element,
1: you know, where... Behind the eight ball. Behind the eight ball, right? From the, and from
0: like the mid midpoint of the book or like yeah. a third. The attack the book, happens right? in the
1: first third, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, that came through in this. And I think it leads to a change in rap. And actually, just to shout out our comments, we had Daniel, um, our new newest patron. He asked, do you think this was a change in Vince's writing and the message from the previous books? Well, I've got to say absolutely. Um, We talked last episode in part one how rap took a bit of a backseat thanks to this Mike Nash character coming on the stage. But I think in part two, we see not only him committing to that change and letting Mike Nash lead the story, but we see rap changing his role. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I think rap grows in this book a whole lot, not only not only does the attack happen, he actually, I think somewhere deep in his consciousness, he was ready for the attack to happen. Oh yeah. He he I'm not saying he wanted an attack to show the the congressmen and the senators that were holding them back and handcuffing them that they were wrong. I don't think he wanted that, but he he saw it was inevitable and instead of fighting against that tide, you know, rap he can be a caged animal in those situations and just go off. He takes a different approach, and there's even a quote, let me see if I have it, where he channels his inner Kennedy, right? Um, so there's a definitely definite change here. I think he's in one of the committees, and he says at one point, I could rip these bastards apart, right? In his mind, he's like, I can slice and dice them and just go hard. But he's actually going to take Kennedy's advice, and he's going to try to understand where they're coming from. And he actually is respectful to Lonsdale, and in these committees, which... I think it's something we maybe want to get to next. When he's testifying, he's willing to work with them, and he says Irene even warned him warned him of this. Um, like she she told him, we can't play into their their label of us that we're the enemy, that we're the tough guys, that we are just you know off the chain wanting to slap around and beat up terrorists. We have to show them that we're smarter than that, and we can actually play their game too. And so I I think rap actually puts Lonsdale on her heels when he says, I'll answer all your questions. I'll do it in public in front of the cameras because this country needs to know there are bad guys out there. Those bad guys are going to hit us and us sitting here is not helping get the job done.
0: Right, And he, he says like, if I'm wrong, then great. That, that I've said, you know, no then one whatever. has died and I'll take the bullet. But if I'm, yeah. if I'm right, then you guys are going to be the one with the egg on the face, just like at the end of this book, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think to address the point again, about the change in Vince's writing style. You know, vinces he obviously, like most authors, want to convey some sort of underlying message about politics, about the world, and we've gotten sort of like broad strokes. But to me here, just looking back on, one, a couple of the mentions in the book, and two, the timing of the publishing of this book. So this book came out in 2008, right? So 2004 was when the Abu Ghraib story broke. And to me, this, this whole book felt like a reaction piece to the fallout of Abu Ghraib, you know? And mm-hmm. in, in, like what happened there, yes, you know, a lot of crazy stuff happened and not good stuff happened. But then like the reaction that the politicians took to then sort of disassemble our national intelligence right apparatus off of that um, one example off of that one example that like that one example doesn't demonstrate the entire picture right exactly. um and that's exactly what rap is honing you know i think they they even say in one of the hearings right that well what about the one guy who you you tortured but he was innocent it was like we compensated him i mean yeah. you know it's it's a fine well, line he admitted but, like, fault yeah, he not did. hit not
1: yeah. him personally because he he made very clear I was not a part of it, but he admitted fault on behalf of his employer, you know, the CIA, for that one instance. But he can't handcuff the whole national security and intelligence apparatus, like you said.
0: No, because I think most of these people aren't aren't sadistic, are exactly. and even like aren't doing it, aren't torturing or aren't trying to do these extreme measures for pleasure, uh, for pleasure potentially like what was going on in Abu Ghraib, you know, type things.
1: Exactly. So, so since you said extreme measures. I found the quote I was looking for about rap testifying and it's the one where the title, Extreme Measures, comes up. So if you don't mind, let me, let me give this to you. Rap is testifying with Senator Lonsdale, um, who I think she's not on the intelligence committee at this it's time. In the it was ju- kicked judicial, up to judiciary. Judicial. Yeah. yeah. So she's trying to get rap not only, you know, in hot water with the intelligence folks, but with legal uh, trouble. And so she says, you know, what would be your position, Mr. Rapp, on torture? Isn't it the official policy of the USA to not torture prisoners of war? And so here's where Rapp is learning and changing. He said, the conversation has been brought to the crossroads that Rapp had been hoping for. He watched as a good third of the panel snickered at the chairman's quick retort. He took that hatred he felt for them and doused it with pity, just as Kennedy had told him to do. My position, Madam Chairman and members of the committee? is that it should be the unofficial policy of this this government to reserve the right to use extreme measures in instances where we are threatened from terrorist attacks. And then later on, he says, We have forgotten who our true enemy is. It is not us. Rapp was reminded again of Kennedy's words, how she had cautioned him to resist his instinct to tell them off. This was supposed to be about bringing them into the fold, not deepening the divide. Dude, if Mitch Rapp... Can take a breath, calm himself, and look at a situation as divisive as torture from another angle and want to bring together the two parties and want to heal the divide of this nation. There's hope for us, right? In the current political climate. Like Mitch Rapp.
0: He's very restrained here. He's exactly. very restrained here. Exactly.
1: I mean, if that's not a message from Vince about how we, we too need to adapt and grow and find unity. In, in times like this, right, in our current political climate. In our current situation. So I mean, he's writing this in, what, 2008, 2009, telling us to do this. Uh, that's something we can learn for now. You know, Rapp is saying, I want to bring these people into the fold and work with Senator Lonsdale, who quite honestly wants, you know, put his nuts on the chopping block. And he's willing to calm down. And later on, at the very end of the book, forgive her, essentially. Essentially. That's big. And she
0: apologizes. And she does. He, they were not expecting that, but...
1: So, Though, unfortunately, she only comes to that conclusion through personal loss. So thinking of sacrifice, even the people you might blame for these attacks, which maybe that's what we should get to next, even the people you want to blame for these attacks could have a change of heart when they're personally involved. And Senator Lonsdale loses her chief of staff and best friend, you know, Wasson. And, um, you know, that's one reason she's willing to um, admit fault. And say, America needs to take a tougher stance against protecting our homeland.
0: What what I hope, so this is the same sort of reaction that people took right after 9-11. Yeah. And that now you see it 20 years out. Um, you know, people don't even, I, I I think we were talking about this last night. You were saying that not that people don't remember it, but some people want to just say move on. And it's kind of hard to do that. Um, then you have a lot of these people like Lonsdale who have this sort of come to Jesus moment and are trying to, and I guess my hope is that you can get someone like Lonsdale to be committed over time forever
1: and and also bring in
0: other people from both sides. Mm -hmm. So
1: we'll see if that happens. You know, one last thing though, that shows how rap and Kennedy are like the pinnacle of what it means to run the CIA, they're putting uh, – Kennedy and Rapp know the importance of the public face and even willing to go in front of the committee. But you know what other line we get in this book? When she's talking to Nash, you know, off camera or in one of the, I think, uh, subcommittee hearing rooms, she says to Nash, just let Mitch be Mitch. Our tagline. So that's it. That's it. You still got to let Mitch be Mitch, but you can also recognize that he's changing, trying to bring the country together. Yes. But he's got to do what he's got to do. Sherry Foster
0: says, uh, if only we had a Mitch rap
1: uh, (laughs) in our political mists, you know, so I wish. Speaking of Just Let Mitch Be Mitch, I think like one chapter after these hearings, you know, it's like, oh, all fuzzy, all la-di-da, he's trying to bring the committee together. And then a chapter later he's speeding like 90 down Tennessee Avenue trying to go to the mosque and Rob Ridley is his boss is sitting there in the car like oh shit Mitch slow down and he's like what are we going to do at a mosque we can't go in there you know the politicians would hang us he goes i'm going in guns blazing and he just speeds across the city to this mosque ready to just take whoever he sees and he just charges these terrorists at their car and takes them into uh, custody
0: right and he gets there right when the explosions happen but i guess yeah. b- let's before we get to there let's talk yeah, about sure. the terrorists a little bit um so when we l- left them in the last part you know they had just taken down the helicopter they make their way in they make their way into the united states up the coast um and then they go to that mosque we're talking about um where they are holding uh the supplies for their attack the c4 yep the c4 and it's at this point where the I don't know if it's the imam or if it's just someone who's in charge of the – um who
1: was uh, Abu? What was his imam? Uh, uh, no, there was, was he, uh, Abad. 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 Was he in Abad charge was, Abad was – he was the contact at the mosque who was right. ferreting the supplies and holding the supplies for them. And they were just about to pass it on to the terrorists when they caught Chris Johnson, who exactly. was the CIA's mole. So they tortured him. And although Abad and his men transferred the C four to Kareem's group, the terrorists who were off, they went to that warehouse to kind of assemble the suicide vest and the um the vans that they were gonna they were gonna explode. That's when Rap catches them smelling like barbecue, (laughs) and he says like three times to Rob Ridley, "These guys are innocent as hell. You know they smell like barbecue. They just burned Chris Johnson's body. We could take them. You know, don't worry about the political cover." He's like, "I'm taking them." Because they know where the terrorists are with those packages, which they assume have some uh, equipment in them. Exactly. And
0: Kareem and Hakeem, they have a successful attack and they take out three of DC's finest institutions. You know, we've talked about the Hawk and Dove before. Uh, what what novel was That's that? That's our joint. Um, Rap a, goes to meet he, he meets, that guy. He meets with one of the senators, Senators I, I on in Intelligence the... Committee. <laughs>
1: The All one who gives they him they the should. green light to um reorg the Orion team. So yes. Rap's been in this bar before. We know it's yes. a it, you know, it's a joint where congressmen hang out on the hill. And then there's two others. The one where the senators hang out. You can always find like five, ten senators having lunch there any given day. Uh that's the monocle. The monocle. I think it's on the north side of the Capitol up near the Senate. And then the third one, oh, they also target the executive branch. Because Bobby Vans is downtown near the White House, and often you know people who work for the executive branch or the cabinet agencies will be lunching there. So had my the uh, they studied us.
0: Had my high school graduation dinner there at Bobby Vans.
1: Oh, Bobby Vans <laughs> at that, that Bobby Vans. Yeah, let's not talk about what happens at the Hawk and Dove. Yeah, no, college. let's let's no, not let's not. Your mom's watching. I, think I, fa- I have family members on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, Dennis doesn't need to know.
0: <laughs> oh, Dennis knows. And so. <laughs> we, what did you think of the attacks? Like the explosions, the, um, obviously they use a uh, coordination of taking down the electrical, not the electrical grid, but the, um, traffic grid so that way they yes, can't be tracked. They can get um, out. They have these mix of FedEx trucks. They have a mix of, um, secondary bombs, which is like yeah. the crappiest of crap shit that you can do, you know, something where, a, you bring in the medical teams and then a bomb goes off at a later date on the first responders uh, or hours or later
1: out, hour, not a later date, but you know, a later time. Dude, did you see that has been used all throughout the Syrian conflict? That has been a huge, just that's one of the the lowest things you can do as a terrorist is you set off that secondary attack and you deliberately target the first responders and the aid groups that come in. And I mean, Vince was writing about this a decade prior that's that's been happening in Syria, right? That has been a primary. Um, I remember seeing some some reports about that and bad. Yes. So these guys have studied. They, they these terrorists are different than your average ones because Rap even says some of these techniques are beyond what these usual just uneducated zealots, you know, Allahu Akbar fundamentalists who who aren't all that academic or intellectual. They don't know these methods. But as we saw in part one. Kareem is using our own special ops playbook. He's using those methods to train his men, and so Rap is picking up that this threat might be more serious than one would have first thought. Yes, I agree.
0: So, following up on the explosions, Rap is racing to the, the to mosque. the mosque, and when he hears these explosion goes off, this like sets him into a rage. Oh, absolutely. Um, Brings everyone back to the NCT and NTCT. Sorry, um, and starts interrogating. Um, I guess before we get into this, there is one thing I wanted to bring up. There, there's this one chapter where a couple of our uh, watchers have commented. We get a a familiar character coming back, um. and that's Scott Coleman. And I this like exchange in in like, what was it a Shoppers or a Safeway, yeah, some, some supermarket, and. Uh, Mark commented, Mark Harris commented that he felt that Scott and Nash had a great chemistry with each other. And I, I love the backstory here that, that we never have gotten, like how they've worked with each other. I was saying yeah. this in the last pot. I, I know that Nash is a brand new character, but it seems like him and rap and obviously Coleman have been working together for a long time. I would have loved to like get some of those stories. Um, I also would love to have Kyle do a spinoff on uh, Scott Coleman.
1: Yeah, oh, or yeah. continue with Mike Nash. Oh, we're going to see a little bit more of Mike Nash, in the yeah, future. yeah, we got to talk. Uh, maybe we, we'll we get. I think Pursuit of Honor. We got to talk about where Nash goes post Pursuit of Honor because because yeah, I think he goes away. He goes away, but he's in he's in the last man in a kind of negative light, and that's Vince's last book. Do you remember if Kyle brings him back at all? I feel like we'll have to do some research before Pursuit of Honor to figure out Nash. Uh, but we yeah, have we have okay. You brought up Scott, and we have Steph here. Scott's biggest fan. That, we've coined that as her hashtag, Scott's biggest fan. Guys, if you think you're a bigger fan of Scott Coleman, it's you're just not. Just, just accept that fact now. It's Steph K. But I'm sorry. This is a loser of the book for me. When Scott was brought in, I was like, boom, Nash is going to bring in Scott. We're going to have Nash and Scott working these leads the entire sec. I because I didn't remember all of the details in the book. I'm like, awesome. The second half of this book Scott's going to turn over some intel. Nash is going to act on it. And Scott's going to be this like behind the scenes guy doing the dirty work while rap is in committee, you know, playing nice. And I was like, yes. And then Scott never comes back. Nash sends him on a wild goose chase. I
0: was really sad about that. Really sad about that.
1: So like we got him and the chemistry was amazing. You're right. I loved it. I was like, bingo, he's back. I actually said to you, I think I texted you. I'm like, yo, we're going to talk Scott Coleman in the second half. And then it was. <laughs> and then, then I, had already,
0: I had already finished it and I didn't want to bur- burst your bubble. So.
1: Yeah. And then uh, you didn't write back. And I was like, is he not excited about Scott? <laughs> you were just trying to warn me. You didn't. Know I was to just say. trying to
0: warn you. Yeah. yeah but
1: yeah. pursuit of honor. Scott's got to play a role, if I remember correctly, tracking down Kareem. Because pursuit of honor is all about tracking these guys right after the hit, I think. Yes. All right. Scott has to come back for that.
0: I'm pretty sure he plays a big role in the next book, but right. we'll find out. We'll all find right. out. Anyways, let's you know what we're all here for. Let's talk about this ending. And yes. Mitch is doing an interrogation again. Not not top five interrogations. Although we get a we get a, a pretty intense interrogation with Kareem and Chris Johnson earlier, but again, not I wouldn't say top five interrogations. In and it's story. just
1: cutting off toes this time. And it last just book we were cutting toes. off a whole different appendage. We're not gonna go down that rabbit hole, my mom's here. But <laughs> he's just cutting off toes, so not the worst interrogation we've ever seen.
0: No. So Rap starts his interrogation, even brings in Lonsdale, right, to oh, they're gonna take away like the uh the deal that they made with the with the prisoner yeah. over in um Bagram and as soon as like this is happening and as you're reading these chapters like this book it's is so very fast. very fast like oh, these, so these chapters fast. are happening simultaneously yeah uh, while that's happening you have the guys beginning to hit um and also you while you're reading it you don't know like what's going on you think oh that's that's the hit they're done and then they're like oh now they go to now they go to this um warehouse and rest up get ready for the next attack and you're like where are they going then they get on the Metro, and then they get to the Tysons, and you're like, oh, yep. crap, they're at Tysons. They're, they're going for the NCTC. Yep. And so there's the sniper sitting, watching. He gets permission to fire away. This SWAT car comes up, guys on the runners, starts taking out people. I, I just envision, like, we had to do, like, some active shooter training, and, like, they showed these videos with with something very similar to that, and I'm just... It, envisioning that in my head but like much more I don't know it's bad to say but like in a ba- like a movie badass yeah. kind of way um, and you know they're just brutally they're full body off, armor yeah picking off people left and right and they make it up to the sixth floor and the explosion goes off and that's when Rap you know is like what the hell is going on
1: here yeah it's crazy that Rap and Nash in the moment I think Vince writes a line like Anybody could have mistaken that for some sort of like, you know, car accident or a building collapse or an earthquake or something different, but Rap and Nash knew. That's Are those car. gunshots and that's an explosion. Are those they explosions? Knew it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they didn't even have to ask. They just jumped I mean, into action.
0: Rap knows like remember in um was it the oh, when they're over with Kennedy in in the, in the previous
1: one. Protect and Defend, yep.
0: Protect and Defend where he's like he's sleeping and he hears like, "Oh, that's two streets away." Oh, that's yep. you know, oh, that's an explosion, like a block away, like the spidey his,
1: sense the spidey sense is that he yeah. knows what's going on, he knows what's going on, okay, at this point, things are going so fast, and we have a highly specialized and trained unit of I think it's six men, six shooters, yes, six shooters. Uh, in a conga line formation, and all rap has to do is peek over the balcony or look out the the door, and he sees the formation immediately. It must be a split second that Rap automatically barks orders to everybody. So he says, Senator Lonsdale, stay in that corner, don't move. They've got the terrorist, and I think at this time, at this point, they um, took the they uh, come out. the zip cuffs off of him. So Rap's like, crap, I gotta do something fast, knocks him out, cold cocks him, so he's he's he's, you know, flat out. And then Rap looks at Nash and goes, take cover over there. And he's so specific in a split second. He knows the body armor they're wearing. He knows the weak points of the body armor. And he knows the weak points of their formation and their tactics. And so in this conga line, you have the first shooter covering the little slice. Think of it like pizza slices ahead. The second guy covering the pizza slice to the left, like one-eighth to the left. The third guy covering that much to the right. And then the two behind them covering your exact flanks left and right. And the last guy is pointed backwards covering the six and Rap knows this in an instant and says to Nash, hit the first guy in, in the head first and then the side of the body armor, because you know, there's a little slit under the arm where you can get through the body armor. Rap comes around and realizes in this formation, if Nash takes down the first guy, no one else is looking forward. The conga line right. is trained to just move. So with the first guy wrong, uh, first guy down the best way to attack this formation is charge at them. There's nobody in the front. It's like a shark's nose, you know, isn't it cartilage? So it's soft. You can <laughs> you can pretty much hit it like yeah. head no yeah, head yeah, on, yeah. and that's the best way to stop a shark attack. Rap jumps down the steps, pile drives into this line, is shooting guys, one, two, three, four as they drop. He knows they're not even pointing guns at him. And then when he gets to the last guy, he just takes them down. And, um, and then shoots him in the back, paralyzes him. Yeah, he he takes him down by the neck and shoves his gun in the spine. Two shots in the in the lower back, and uh, literally all of that I think took place in five seconds, he, ten seconds, may, maybe, maybe fifteen, max maybe 15. Yeah, maximum. And I, just the speed of this, I'm like, it's insane that Rap came up and executed that plan.
0: I would love to discuss this scene with like a military expert, like with Jack Carr, oh, with our with Jack. our last guest like dude just to break it down like from both the terrorist perspective what they're doing and then also from is it is it freaking crazy obviously it's crazy it's mitch rap but like (laughs) is the is that the best way to do what rap did i don't know yeah it pro i think it's it might be the best action scene of the entire series hot take hot hot take
1: okay dude we're only halfway through the scene because yeah, we are we are <laughs> if you think of the speed and the chaos, right, and like Nash is busy looking at I think his assistant Jessica has a bullet hole in the head, and there's this gore, and these are analysts, right? These are people who have not been in the fight in that way, so right. the scene must just be utter chaos, and rap notices the guy he paralyzed still has motion in his arm reaching in his pocket, and rap says something funny like. You know, you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna get your hand to your pocket. Boom! Pops him in the elbow.
0: He thought it was a grenade at first. He yeah. thought it was a
1: grenade. Yeah, because the terrorist had already used grenades. He he sensed those explosions. But the guy has a detonator, and Rap finds the detonator. And of course, this terrorist is kind of like, haha, You lose! You know, you only have 40 seconds. This is gonna go off. We win. It, we've seen that before, right? Every action movie, yeah, have that yeah, plot line. Exactly, exactly. But what Vince does with it is genius. Because Rap immediately says, "Oh shit!" He he starts without even thinking, just shooting a window because the bulletproof uh, and explosion-proof glass is from the outside in, not the inside out. And Rap just unloads his magazine into one of these bulletproof windows, and now we got—I think it's actually seven dead bodies with suicide vests about to blow in in forty seconds. And there's a there's a split second where Rob Ridley and someone else and Nash are like dude, what are you doing? And all rap has to say is vests. He doesn't have to explain. And all three of them just start shooting out the window, unloading magazines. Like they're all in the zone that they don't even have to explain things or slow down. Their training just kicks in. Like Jack Carr says, a hero doesn't always rise to the occasion in, in the fight, but sinks to the level of their best training. And so if these guys training are not top notch, they can't be heroes, right? They're exactly. not heroes. According to them, all they're doing is exercising their training and what they're built to do. And this just proves, let Mitch be Mitch. Let him do yeah. what he's got to do. And so, they, yeah, they knock out this window and Raps like, everybody, grab bodies, toss them out the window. It's insane.
0: And the, Yeah, and yeah. he, he kind of saves the day, you know, obviously allows them to not kill the entire, like, national, like, nations you know security apparatus but you know like we said in the beginning they do take a little bit of an L but what I what I think is really interesting or a, what I would love to see with this book because I think this would be an awesome movie I think this entire book would be a great movie you, you don't even have to know really the backstory of Mitch Rapp, like to just make this movie like this 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 would be an awesome movie and it, it, it could be in it set you up for another movie I don't know I would love to see this movie
1: I think better rap books would be a movie than this one. But really? man, I'd take a short of this scene. I would take a 15-minute action oh, short I, you know, of this scene. I would love to sure.
0: have our buddy uh, Andy. Andy McDermott. Andy yeah. McDermott do and do a actor. short version of this. That'd be sick.
1: I feel like his film, and if you haven't seen it, a few months ago in the pod we covered. Uh, it's kind of like off it. Off Book. <laughs> yeah, Off Book, a Mitch rap fan fiction film that's uh, on YouTube. And we talked to the actor who played rap and wrote wrote the story. I think it's based on this, like this. This scene is is kind of close to what they were doing there. But man, I would I would love to see this action scene on film. Not maybe not yes. this whole book as a movie, but definitely this action scene
0: for sure. I disagree. This this book is really uh, as we're, well. Let's 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 wrap this up here. Let's let's get to some of our discussions because this is probably top five Mitra book for me.
1: Whoa, okay, okay. So we got the the hot take that this was the best audiobook by George Goodell in the rap series, possibly the best action scene. Mark Harris scene. agrees with me. Okay, okay, all right. Possibly the best action scene. And now your hot take is this one definitely makes a top five of all rap books.
0: I so I love this book so much, I crushed the audiobook in a day.
1: wow like, if I had the George Goodell one, I would have <laughs>
0: Come on, Libby. Uh, well i i love this book great book oh well, we do need more scott though i agree
1: we do need more scott yeah i mean our um our patrons have been following along live had some awesome comments so mark we got to shout out a couple of your quotes thinking of taking down that conga line and the split second decision uh nash says you're gonna charge them nash was shaking his head that's fucking crazy well that's that's why we needed to just let mitch be mitch that's right there mitch is a goat yep can't agree with you more as de- he is definitely the goat um oh picking up on the sounds of battle yep quote the one thing about combat was you only had to go through it once and you were left with the sound feel and smell of battle for the rest of your life there it is Agree. Yep. yeah just let rap be rap
0: just let rap be rap is that a, is that a new one
1: just let Chris be Doctor Chris.
0: All right, so let's 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 finish it up here uh, and get into what you all came for—the almighty covers discussion. So we put out um, there's about nine covers for this one. Put them on our social media feed. Um, got a lot of good feedback on Insta. Um, most people really liked um, A, which is the explosion behind the the dome at the Capitol Building. Um, I think that's like the common. I think most people, if they have a hard copy of it, they have that. That's the OG. Um, you know, had some people who liked C, which is the Power Lines theme. Uh, although there isn't no oh, here we go. There you it is. You can see it. Um, although, so me and me and Mike were as we were prepping for this, we were talking about how this cover. We think it has no Power Lines. It has this boat and like it's this fog shabby. at a harbor. What book, Mike? Would this cover be better for, though?
1: Uh, Cover C is pissing me off every time. Sorry, I just got to say it. Why is there a boat? Why is there a boat and fog at a harbor? There's absolutely no reason to put that with the words extreme measures. Put that for Memorial Day.
0: Memorial Memorial Day, Day, exactly.
1: Memorial Day at Charleston Harbor. We knew Charleston was one of the ports. There was a nuke on a ship. Um, that lady, right, who works for not ATF. Um,
0: oh, she worked for the like, uh, DOE, DOE.
1: She was calling the shots, commanding the FBI. She knew it was a device. We brought in the bomb squad. And this is exactly what I think a port city, foggy day. There's a ship with a nuke on it. Yet for some reason, somebody sitting in Simon & Schuster working with whoever's publishing this, I have no idea how it works. But somebody <laughs> must said, have read Memorial Day Let's save and this then... one for extreme measures. Let's put that one on the book about Nash. That has nothing to do with a boat. How about that?
0: It's, it's just, I literally think that entire reprint of, I think it's like mass market paperbacks. They were just oh, fucking man. with people. They just like randomly picked a cover for each book. I don't know. On, I don't man. get it. It really Come upsets on, me. I, I don't know why we get so heated about this, but it really upsets me. All right, me. I'm moving
1: on to a sweet one. G. Okay. G is just Simple. Simple. And Chris. So
0: describe it. Describe it.
1: All right. Gee, I've never seen it. You you thought it might have been the first edition. It's just a straight jet black old. background. It looks old. It, it looks very look
0: old, similar yeah. to my copy of Term Limits. So that's why I, I assumed it was like older. But it could not
1: Okay, be. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, because it's just straight black with a lit up version of the Capitol building. And what's cool is it's not just the dome. But I like that the lit up building also has the Senate and the House. So you see the whole building. I think for extreme measures that plays an important role and then it's just gold you know extreme measures vince flynn gold and the gold matches the lighting on the capital I, I feel like you're right it's, it's a little old-timey so if this were the if this were the 90s early 2000s g is selling off the shelves but you're right i don't know if that's a sexy enough cover for you know the 2020s to yeah. uh, to sell a, a cover like that you're right
0: uh we have our running man in B um, got the running man not not my favorite running man i don't really i don't mind green? the cover i just i don't like the green color choice yeah, um, shades of green uh we have some badass international ones I, yes. I just feel like the international covers always have you know these guys full SWAT gear full tactical gear uh with explosions behind them there might not even be a scene although there is a scene like this in in this novel but there's not always a scene that's true uh you know in in these books but i think it's like this is what people in other countries think of americans and so exactly we're gonna put it on an american novel so boom there we go
1: f is let's sell america to europeans like (laughs) let's let's just get people hyped about these special forces dudes looking down scope i think they're just trying to sell the image for that one yeah
0: for sure i like uh mark says g looks like uh clint eastwood would star Star in, the, in this book back in the early 2000s. That, Get that, off that, my that's, lawn. <laughs> that's on point right there.
1: <laughs> H is pretty sweet. H is pretty H, sweet.
0: Yeah. H is good. Classic. I think the, is know, that is wa- that Dutch. Waving no. flag.
1: Extreme I,
0: You're the geography teacher. You need to know English. Or, One not, of these. Oh, no. Languages. F is
1: Dutch. F is Dutch. Nude Yeah, I don't know what H was. Cro- There's a Croatian version all the time. Maybe that's it. My favorite anyway.
0: cover actually you didn't put on the Instagram or the social media one. Uh, Cuz you, I you this couldn't now. you couldn't fit it in but it's uh, the Kindle copy which if any yeah. of you have Kindle you'll know. I I love the like the blue it's a, it's a blue with some white with this cool waving flag. I don't know. I'm a sucker for a waving
1: flag so we've had the waving flag though twice for me with Act of Treason, Actually Consent to Kill, Act of Treason. I think Protect, right? Protect
0: the waving flag in the in the like the limo. That was probably the best waving flag.
1: Yeah, I got to say, a the classic, the explosion in the background, these oranges and yellows with the capital. Yeah, I got to go a. Okay, it's classic, man. All right. Well, we kind of hinted at our final ratings. We've done the covers. We've done character discussion. We've answered some of our patrons' questions and read some of their comments. So let's pull it together. What's your winner? What's your loser? And what's your final rating? All right. So winners of this book, obviously,
0: it's you got to give it to the terrorists. You got to give it to Kareem and Akim. They they got the job done. They got away. They pulled off this crazy attack. They pulled off. They almost took out the entire NCTC. What a crippled, you know, national intelligence for years to come. Like you literally had FBI, CIA, NSA, all these analysts working together. You can't replace those people. So. I think that, you know, okay. they're definitely the winners. I would also say like a, a baby winner is rap rapping away because, you know, like we addressed how he changes his tactics a little bit at the end. He gets Lonsdale on his side. I mean, he turns on his her. side, he turns her, I mean, because of the attack, but he knew that the an attack was going to happen, you know, and, and he doesn't rub it in her face, but he says, you know, you need, you, you, you can't cripple us anymore. Uh, so that's a win for me my loser which we were talking about this last night you did not think was was a loser I thought at the end I loved meeting Nash but I thought he was a little bit of a loser at the end like he's letting his wife turn off his phones and he I think there's gross negligence in how he like doesn't protect Chris Johnson enough and allows him to die your argument is that he had enough check-ins Uh, he's, this guy's deep undercover. I I think so, but you know, you're this potentially this close to a third attack, like a third cell. He already had information that potentially there was a terrorist group that attacked a helicopter down in Florida. Like something's going on. And I would have just called the FBI to like go into that mosque based on that information.
1: I'm going to disagree with you. Chris Johnson for me is a big winner in that storyline and how Nash handled him. Besides the tattoo, letting him go this deep oh, undercover yeah. with and the let tattoo. And him go deep with that tattoo. That, that uh, you're right. But no, I think Nash, he's got an agent who's asking, boss, you're, give me 48 hours. Let me stay in. There's something brewing. And Nash listens to him. And even though the bosses say pull him out, they get that little bit of intel. If Chris Johnson didn't stay and didn't say there's something in these boxes – I got the guy's name. This Abad is the one running the mosque. These guys leave prayer, right? In the middle of prayer, which for a fundamentalist is not what you think they would do. In the middle of prayer, they're shuffling boxes into trucks and and you know storing it. I think letting Chris Johnson do what he had to do, make that sacrifice, I thought was, was a great move by Nash. I thought it showed Nash uh, doing what needs to be done to get the intel. And ultimately, that's why Rap can show up at the mosque and apprehend these guys is because they know for a fact it's there. Because Chris Johnson stayed in the game. He wasn't pulled right. out. I right. guess a winner on that. I'm not gonna say national loser. I I think it, just because he's not rap, just because he's going a little easier than rap in some ways, I think he's still a winner. And he makes Well, the right I mean, call. obviously
0: the, the big loser is the politicians, like Lonsdale. So sure. that's the real loser.
1: The, oh, one other winner we didn't talk about. I'm gonna put Secretary of Defense England.
0: Oh, that scene was kind of cool when he was just Secretary of England.
1: Yeah, uh, Rap is on his heels. He's kind of about to get burned um, on this committee. Lonsdale's about to drop her ace. And England um, just barges in, stops the committee. There's no precedence for this. You can't interrupt, you know, a separation of powers. We're we're allowed to investigate. England just goes, I don't care. Here's intel. I'm going to pass a copy out to each member of this committee, the truth, um, and the interview with suspects who say what Rap did, you know, was right and good. And um, he gets Lonsdale to kind of pause her questioning of rap, willing to say, we're not playing games. There's a fucking attack. We got intel on it. And you you better thank God rap slapped this terrorist around a little bit, you know, gave him a bloody nose just to find out that there's a third cell. <laughs> right. Because right. something's going to happen. And then, boom, the attack happens, you know, I agree. a few chapters I agree. later. All right. Give us some numbers, Chris. Where where right. are you sticking to this in the top five of all time rap books?
0: Yeah, I well, so there's a caveat, right? It's a top five in all rap books that we've read. So, oh, okay. I think it might be hard to stay in that top five because we haven't gotten to American Assassin, which I love. Kill Shot. We haven't gone to Kill Shot, which I also love. And I'm... we have There's a couple Kyle books that I think I, I really like. Like the first one with Grisha, uh, Azeroth, and the other one where like he teams up, I think, the enemy of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like Last Man Survivor, I think, are both pretty good, too. So, I you don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But for right now, I'm giving it an, an, a tech. So, based on our scale, I'm <laughs> we need... At the very end of this, we're going to adjust our scale, and this book gets an A. But based on how I've been going, to keep it consistent, this book is a 9.1 and an A-. minus, But a t- top five in my book. So, my top five right now is Transfer, Consent to Kill, Memorial Day, uh, Lethal Agent, and this one extreme measures
1: yeah that's pretty good it's pretty good i'm gonna say it's easily top 10 of all rap books yeah you're right about transfer power being up there uh memorial day consent to kill but i'm gonna push lethal agent and term limits also into that conversation so this you're, one's you're bullish have a, you're
0: bullish on term limits
1: big time term limits baby OG, oh, gee it's OG the first one I, I I'm nostalgic, right? So I love I love first books. It's a, good, but it's author. just rough.
0: It's rough around the edges. I think. Sure,
1: so. sure. It's memorable though. And Scott, come on, we got Steph here. Scott's we, biggest fan. We got fan. Scott.
0: He's the main character, right? So. That's
1: right. We could use another main character, Scott. But I would we, like a book like Extreme Measures where Nash takes the lead from Rap, but Rap plays an important role. Where Scott takes the lead and Rap still plays an important, but maybe secondary role. I'd like to see that. <laughs>
0: or like a book where like rap gets kidnapped
1: and he's not in the
0: novel, you know, and they have to find him like he's in the novel, but you know, very, he's like kidnapped or something. I don't know. That'd be crazy. Yeah.
1: Or here's a situation happened in West wing when the president's daughter is taken and God forbid anything happened to Claudia or Anna, but I feel like it might be inevitable at some point. The president actually has to step down because he's too deep into it. Right. If he starts calling the shots, knowing his daughter is taken, He'll just start throwing nukes, <laughs> right, um, to get her back, and so he actually steps down. So I wonder if like Rap has such well, a. We saw mistake. that a little
0: bit with with Kennedy. Like they said, he was too exactly. close to it.
1: Ex- What's his name? Tried walking him back and saying, "You should you shouldn't be leading this because you're too close. Exactly, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to go too fast. I wonder if that would happen where where someone like Scott, who's the only person who could talk to Rap like that, Kennedy, would take n- point, not not that like. Can't talk that chummy to him, but Scott can talk chummy and say, bro, sit down. Look at this from another angle in the moment, like in the shit. And so I'd like to see Scott play that role for rap one day or soon enough. Sure. Well, all right. I, I didn't give my number. So yeah, you got to get I'm going to say 90 I don't like giving numbers. I think we, we we just stick to top 10 or bottom 10 or whatever. I don't like giving numbers, but I'll give it an A-mice, give it a 9 As much as I wanted to go higher because of that action scene and what we loved and the terrorists doing something new and getting inside their brain, there were too many characters. Uh, The first half was – A lot of characters. It was front-loaded with storylines and characters. That kind of became a loose end uh, in some way. And I know Pursuit of Honor is going to pick up on some of it. But this book was way too front-loaded with randomness in the first half. It, it was maybe I'll say unbalanced. So. It's like a
0: George R. George R. R. Martin novel.
1: Yeah, I, just a little unbalanced, a little unbalanced in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. All right.
0: Fair enough. All right. Well, that's that's our book.
1: That's it. Thanks for joining us, everybody.
0: Yeah. So next time, uh, we're gonna be. What are we doing next time? Oh, I didn't write that down. Oh, I got it. We're um, we have an interview that we oh, didn't yes. talk. We have an interview with um, Craig Martell. He is a editor of a thriller anthology called Make Them Pay. So be on the lookout for that. That'll be next Monday. Um, I said it at the top, but thanks again to our patrons. Thank you very much. Thanks to all the patrons who who came out here and watched us and to, you know, Dennis or I guess Dennis is a patron and your mom for watching that's awesome we can't, we couldn't do this podcast without you guys uh, so this includes our special operator Sherry F our special agents George, Matt Dawn, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine Ray, Bridget, Jeff and our two newest patrons please subscribe, rate, and review us uh, using your favorite podcasting platform you can find us at MitchRapPod.com or using our Twitter handle at MitchRapPod and as always just let Mitch Just a disclaimer this podcast is not affiliated with Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills, or Simon Schuster, but thank you to them for bringing us the wonderful world of rap. And the music soundtrack is Guerrilla Tactics by Raphael Crooks.